My dad never treated me differently growing up. He treated me like one of the guys when it came to racing and off-road truck racing. And I held myself just as accountable as they did for doing good in races. And at one point, I had the target on my back of being not just the girl to beat, but the person to beat in off-road racing. And that was something I held very proudly. I was excited to have that pressure. And I think that's something that honestly formed me into the person I am today of not trying to play this girl role of, oh, I'm the best finisher for a girl, of trying to be the best in general. This is Sweat the Details, a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio. A podcast made for women by women that puts our training journeys, goals, and mindset at the center. I'm Tamara Pridgett. And I'm Adrienne Herbert. Every episode, we'll hear from athletes, trainers, and experts who will give us insights into how our bodies and minds work together in training and competition. In today's season-ending episode, we're talking about training for NASCAR. Yes, you heard that right, NASCAR. We chat with up-and-coming superstar Haley Deegan. Haley is a professional stock car driver in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Haley is such an exciting person to watch, not only because she is a woman in a highly male-dominated sport, but because she competes and wins against some of the best in the sport, regardless of gender. Yes, and what's so amazing is that NASCAR is not only a physical sport, but it's also super mental as well. The strategy and focus that it takes to do well and not crash is enormous. I can't wait to hear from Haley about how she trains her mind and her body for the rigors of NASCAR. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yes, me too. I know this conversation is going to be super inspiring. Unfortunately, as I was unwell, I was unable to join for this final recording, but I know that you did an awesome job, Tamara. And as this is our final episode of the season, I don't think we should waste any more time. What do you think, Tamara? Let's jump into it. Let's do it. Hi, Haley. Welcome to Sweat the Details. We're super excited to have you on this podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be on it. So let's just jump right into it. I would love to know how you got into racing, how you got into NASCAR. So back when I was about seven years old, my dad was doing freestyle motocross, um, a lot in action sports, X Games, all that stuff. And he made the transition into racing off-road trucks. And I was just about to turn eight at that time. And I remember going to his first race when I was still seven years old back in 2008. And I was like, man, there is kids my age racing these like small off-road trucks. And I was obsessed with that. I wanted to do it so bad. And so I ended up begging my parents, keep in mind, I'm like the firstborn kid. And at that time, like we, they just had my younger brother. And so they were like, okay, fine. And they ended up gave me an off-road truck for my eighth birthday. And then ever since then, I never looked oh, back. Wow. I started racing. Yes. I started racing off-road trucks for about, uh, I would say six to eight years after that. Um, I won a bunch of championships, uh, won a bunch of races, and then I got picked up from a manufacturer to go race stock cars. Okay. So one, eight years old, Mm -hmm. you were probably the coolest like eight-year-old ever. Um, If I was your friend, I'd be so jealous. My second (laughs) thing is when you started racing, was it something you wanted to do professionally from the jump or were you just doing it for fun? I would say when I first started out is something that I did for fun because I was already at the track with my dad. He was racing all the time. So going there, it was almost like 
it just came easy because we were already all at the track. And then I would say I was about 12, 13 years old. And that's when I really made the transition into focusing into racing as my career. I ended up begging my parents and I actually wrote like a five page essay on why I should be homeschooled so that I could spend more time racing. (laughs) When I was about 13 years old, I was in seventh grade, I remember. And then I quit going to actual school, started homeschooling so I could be able to race more. I love that. That's like dedication. So growing up, were there any women or even presently that inspired you in NASCAR? It's funny you say that because there's not many women Mm -hmm. in NASCAR. That's the thing. It's very limited when it comes to girls that actually race in general. It's very, very small percentage. I could probably name every single girl um, that I've known that races stock cars on one hand. And that's just from being up the ranks and stuff. And like, that's not just one series. That's like all of the series combined. And there's just not many girls that do it in all honesty. And so I never really had a figure to look up to. And that's something like I didn't pay attention to NASCAR at all when I was growing up racing off-road trucks because I was on the West Coast. It wasn't my scene. Off-road truck racing was my scene. And Mm -hmm. until I was about 15 years old, that's when NASCAR became my scene. Got it. So... Being that there aren't many girls and women in this sport, what has that experience been like for you? Do you feel like it's like you and the guys, have they been welcoming to you? I've gotten very used to it. Um, Just not having girls around, constantly being around guys. And that's something that's become very normal to me. And Mm -hmm. my dad never treated me differently growing up. He treated me like one of the guys and like how every other dad treated their son when it came to racing and off-road truck racing. And I became friends with all the guys and it was just very normal. Like I didn't see, I thought I was one of the guys. (laughs) And so like I held myself just as accountable as they did for doing good in races. And at one point I had the target on my back of being not just the girl to beat, but the person to beat in off-road racing. And that was something I held very proudly. And I was super excited. I was excited to have that pressure. And I think that's something that honestly formed me into the person I am today of not trying to play this girl role of, oh, I'm the best finisher for a girl, of trying to be the best in general. Mm. So I am curious, what does training look like for racing? It's a hot and cold area when it comes to training and things like that, because you can talk to some people. Some people are just very naturally good racers, and then Mm -hmm. other ones have to work for it a little bit harder. But training has always been something that's been a part of my life for a long time. Ever since I was nine years old, I've been in the gym. And that's just a product of my dad having a really close friend that owned a gym. And so I was just there every day, and it was very normal for me. And I got in a regimen of Working out every day is what I do. I do not feel like I did my day right if I didn't work out. And so I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of training regimens when it comes to NASCAR racing that um, it kind of just varies depending on the driver and what they really want to do. But I'm someone who likes pushing my body and pushing the limits of what I can do, always setting new PRs, different things like that. I feel like that's something that the people of NASCAR and the drivers that race NASCAR are just getting into. And I grew up in a family of that. Motocross is very, very hard on your body and you have to be in very good shape to be a part of it and to do it. And so that was something that I've been around. So going into the NASCAR world, not many people train and it's just honestly entry level training that a lot of people are starting, which is kind of weird to me. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like if you're doing something this hard on your body, why wouldn't you want to be training? Cause 
people have no problem just getting out of the car, throwing up from heat exhaustion. And I'm like, why do you want to do that to yourself? Like, you know, you can train and like actually prevent those things from happening. And so that's one thing that I've noticed over time. It's about 130 to 140 degrees in these cars. And there's not much air moving around inside the actual car. And you're in there for two to three hours, maybe even four sometimes in the longer races. (laughs) And so it's miserable hot in there. So if you can do things to prepare beforehand, why wouldn't you? And that's something that I like to do a lot. So I'm not the one throwing up after the race. So I'm not the one (laughs) stumbling out of the car. (laughs) So what does that look like? Is it cardio? Is it strength training? Like what do you do to not puke when you get out of the car? I would say what I do is I, I love doing cardio. I love a lot of jump roping, running. Um, I've noticed my back pain has elevated a lot since I started lifting a lot during the off season. <laughs> and so now I'm hurting in the gym a little more than I used to, <laughs> which I guess is normal. But yeah. uh, I love I truly have a passion for lifting and squatting and different things like that. And so yeah. When it comes to weights, I love it. Like I love doing weights. And something that's kind of hard for me to do is cardio because I'm like, ah, like I'd go for a run or I could go do squats, (laughs) squat rack. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that like I have to to battle myself and be like, no, today is cardio. Like you got to go do cardio today. But I'd say it's more like I just I like doing my workouts how I, I feel depending on that day. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So you mentioned that you're sitting in the car for, you know, two to three hours, maybe up to four hours. What is going through your mind? This is what I used to ask distance runners when they did like Mm -hmm. super long races because like I was a short sprinter. We're done after like 20 something seconds. (laughs) Running for like 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. driving for four hours. Like what are you thinking about? Like are you constantly just like thinking about your strategy, where you're at, when you're going to make your next move? Are you kind of just like, you know, just let your mind go where it goes? I would say it's more thinking about your next move, whether Mm -hmm. it's you being in that position. It's mostly a perfection thing of trying to make every corner perfect and every lap perfect. And in these races and stuff, like usually have to be within a tenth of a second every single lap. And so that's something that like you have to hold yourself accountable to not make mistakes because it's like a domino effect. You make a mistake, you get past, and it just starts dominoing down. And so that's something that like you have to be so focused inside the car and like just straight mind on racing and trying to figure out what you're going to do next to get that next position. Yeah. So on the flip side, we've spoken a lot about like how important just like mental training is. Um, I watched an interview and your dad was speaking and he said when he was younger, he was working on you with like your mental training because of the boys and how they would try to intimidate you or make you crash. Um, Coming to present day, do you do any type of mental training so that you're staying sharp so that you can like make those moves and stay where you need to be? I would say that's something that I learned at a very young age, and it was a lot for years. Um, I had a driving coach back when I was younger who helped me um, during the races and stuff. Um, He spotted for me quite a bit also. And a lot of his tactics were mind games. And I started Mm. figuring it out and started to figure out his ways and like what he was doing. And that's something that over time, I'm able to catch on to things to how to be the person playing the mind games. 
and be the person putting you in tough positions. And that's something that's that's how you make passes in racing is trying to psych him out of, hey, I'm going this way. No, I'm going this way. Here we go. And it's over by then. <laughs> and I would say that's something that I learned at such a young age. So it comes naturally to me now. Got it. No, I love the mind games. I think that's such a mm-hmm. big key to just sport in general is like, oh, I agree. How can you psych out your competition? Like when I'm saying Mm -hmm. it now, I'm like, wow, that actually kind of sounds mean. But (laughs) in like in the act of competing, it's like you Mm got to do what you got to do. It's just a part of the game. Exactly. There's one person that wins. And I best believe I'd rather play a mind (laughs) game on you and win. That's how it is. Uh When you're an athlete and you play sports, that's how it is. Yeah. So for those of us who aren't really familiar with racing, can you tell us how racing trucks differs from racing cars? So we'll start with off-road trucks compared to actual stock car racing. So off-road trucks, you're on a dirt track that is kind of like most of the shapes of the track is kind of like a horseshoe shape. That's kind of like relatively what most of the tracks are shaped like, bunch of big jumps. And there's shorter races. So off-road truck racing, which I don't race anymore, mm-hmm. um, but that's why I grew up racing. They're about 30-minute races and it is 110% the whole time. There's trucks flipping everywhere. You're getting <sighs> roosted with rocks, dirt. You have tear-offs and you're shifting and there's a lot going on. Well, when you go stock car racing, it's a lot more patient and perfection and trying mm-hmm. to be perfect every single lap and almost like less is more, like not overdoing it. Which in off-road racing, overdoing it meant you go fat, you went faster. So that's something that I had to get used to over time. And so getting used to the the patience. And that's something I'm still learning to this day is patience. <laughs> but we're getting better at it. But when it comes to actual like NASCAR racing in the trucks compared to the NASCAR, actual like cars, um, I'd say a big difference is the arrow. You're battling air a lot of times because you, you think about it, you're going 180 miles per hour air is going to play a a big role. And so fighting the air, learning to use the air to your advantage to make passes and different things like that. So basically what I'm getting from you is that there's so much like strategy and detail that goes into what you do. Like, I guess I would never think to think about like how the air impacts you or like Mm -hmm. how you were saying, like you want to be, was it a 10th? Yeah. Every time you come through in a lap, like all of those things, this is very strategic. I feel like you have to be super present. You can't like take a moment off. You can't off. be, your mind can't be mm-hmm. drifting off. You have to be very present. And that's something that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort to put towards. But I think that with like a good regimen, it's definitely possible. I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand about NASCAR racing. They just think, oh, you're in a car and you're just turning left. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same way as I turn off the freeway ramp left. And it's a <laughs> lot different. And there's so much that goes into it behind the scenes. And I think people are so quick to jump to conclusions of, oh, she's a bad driver or, oh, he's a bad driver. Well, no, there's a lot that goes into it, whether what happens with your truck that race or if your pit crew made a mistake. There's Mm -hmm. so much detail that goes into it. And everyone has to play their part perfectly in order for you to do good. Yeah. So with that being said, would you say it's definitely like a team effort because you just brought up like pit crew and stuff like mm-hmm. we see you racing but like you mm-hmm. said there's so many other variables that are involved so how important is your pit crew to what you're doing and executing a really good race very very important because say I come down pit road we're under green flag stuff which means you have to come to pit road under green flag 
Um, and you have to make sure it's fast. Like you have to come to pit road, hit your marks. You come in and say they lose a tire out of the pit stall. Say it just simply rolls away. Cause there's so much going on in the matter of under 15 seconds. And next thing you know, you're going a lap down. You have to come back down pit road and then your whole race is done right there. So it takes a solid team effort from everyone to execute the goal. Yeah, that would stress me out. That is a job I would never want because I'd be like shaking and like Mm -hmm. so afraid to make a mistake. The engineer's (laughs) job to calculate the fuel, the fuel mileage, so you know Mm -hmm. at what lap you have to pit. That is a stressful job because you don't know exactly how much fuel is being taken out because you don't know if I could have shut it off under caution saving fuel or if I didn't shut it off enough under caution saving fuel. And then next thing you know, you run out of gas. Your race is over. Wow. Yeah. So is there a communication device or something like that you mm-hmm. have in the car that you can communicate with everybody on your team? Yeah. So there is spotter radios. And so in my helmet, there is like a whole wiring harness where I plug my like actual like race headphones into. And they're mm-hmm. like little earbuds. I put them in my ear, put my helmet on, and I can talk to my spotter who is in the spotter stands. Um, like, you know, where like the stands are, it's on top of that. So you can see the whole track. And so that's why I'm talking to the whole race. And then also on pit road where my crew chief is, he also has a radio. And so he's talking to me also. Okay. Um, so you were recently racing at Kansas Speedway, which is mm-hmm. the first track you ever raced your Ford truck. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to be back there racing again? It was fun. I love going back to tracks that I've raced at in the past because in the truck seri- series with COVID that happened, They shut down all of racing. When they brought it back, they went straight into the races. No practice, no qualifying. (laughs) Well, someone like me, I'm a rookie that has never been to a lot of these tracks, and every track is different. And trying to learn the track at the moment we go green, it's very, very difficult. And so being able to go back to Kansas, I felt like we did a really good job there of getting a good finish in general because I had practice there, Mm -hmm. because I had experience at that track. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you did just mention that you're still a rookie, um, but you've accomplished so much in such a short period of time. What are you hoping to accomplish in like the next year and the next few years? Obviously, my main goal is to win races. And so my goal would obviously be to win a race or even a few and then just make my way up the ranks and try to prove myself and prove my ability as I go. Yeah. Um, so you've previously just talked about like there's so much to learn in this sport, especially when you don't win or when you have a crash or just when like your strategy doesn't go as planned. Um, what have you learned from those situations? I learned to not get my head down too much because there is 23 races in the year. And if you're too busy with your hanging your head down over the last race, you're going to miss out on the next one. And I think my crew does a very good job of keeping my spirits uplifted and staying positive because there is races where I don't do good or something happens like we get a flat tire or we get in a wreck that's not our fault. And I am just bummed because I know how much is on the line. and I know how much I want to prove myself. And that's something that wears on me. And I think everyone around me does a really good job of helping me stay positive. What does that look like for you? Like, what does staying positive look like for you? Just words. I'd say words are the biggest thing. Just telling me like, hey, Mm -hmm. like, forget about this weekend. We're going to the next one. Like, I know you're going to be good here. Different things like that. 
and just like, hey, don't worry about it. It wasn't your fault. You can't change any of it. And just hearing those little things and them telling me like when I do do good, like showing me like, hey, like you did very, very good. Yeah. Those little like congrats and different things like that. They mean a lot to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do. I do think just having those words of encouragement and also just like allowing yourself to just be a human and mm-hmm. accept those like quote unquote failures yeah. is so important because I feel like we're similar and probably a lot of other people can relate where you like want to be perfect. You want to just like execute, you want to win all of those things, but it's just like that human error. Like sometimes things don't go as planned, mm-hmm. but how you like register that and move forward is what makes the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. So earlier we were speaking about just there not being a lot of women, young girls in this sport. What advice do you have to women in general that are in male dominated fields? Like what would you tell them when it comes to just making a name for themselves? You got to work hard and you got to love it. You have to really love it because you will get hate, you will get <laughs> bashed on and that comes with the job. And you're going to have to learn how to run businesses. Um, I have a YouTube channel, a full-time YouTube channel. Most people only race or they'll do YouTube. And it's like I'm trying to balance all of that while building new relationships. And I think something that a lot of people push aside and don't notice is how much work you have to put in. And you you just have to be dedicated. You have to love it. We're going to take a short break and we will be right back. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sweat the Details. So at this point on Sweat the Details, we like to play games with our guests. And we have a game that we came up with for you called This or That. So basically, you telling us which you prefer. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I feel like I already know the answer to this. Cardio or strength training? Strength. (laughs) Absolutely. Racing cars or racing trucks? Racing cars. Okay. And why? I would say racing like stock cars and stuff compared to off-road trucks because the capabilities and the doors it opens for a good future and career. Awesome. Running or cycling? Running. Why? (laughs) I like running because I feel like it's a full body workout and you really feel your body working. Um, I'd say I don't really like cycling because I feel like it's like another workout device. (laughs) And sometimes you just want to like swing your arms and move your legs. Yeah. Yeah. And like literally be able to move forward. Although you can do that if you like legit bought like a bike, not just a stationary one. Not just a stationary bike. Do you prefer a window seat or an aisle seat? Window because I can fall asleep on the wall. Okay. Um, so still on traveling, are you the person that packs like 15 outfits for three days or are you like, okay, I'm there for three days, three outfits? 
I think my biggest problem is packing two outfits for three days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, how do you travel with all your racing gear? Like, do you check it in? Do you ship it? The team actually takes it for me. So I have like a semi that they take mm-hmm. um, with my truck and everything to the racetrack and all the tools and everything. So my gear just stays in there. Got it. Good so to know. So realistically, all I got to bring is a little bit of makeup and like two outfits. <laughs> That's easy because Super I feel easy. like for a lot of other sports, you're packing everything. Like oh, every yeah. single thing you need to compete. Mm-hmm. It's nice having like the trucks actually go you, Trace. Yeah. And then you can add extra stuff just in case. Oh, yeah. I add a ton of of stuff. (laughs) Okay. Final question. When it comes to entertainment, do you prefer listening to music or are you more of like a TV, watch a show, watch a movie type of person? I would say I love listening to music. Uh, I love, I would say 90s to 2000s rap. Um, That's my absolute favorite. (laughs) And then um, I also like 80s rock. Uh, okay. Molly Crew, Guns N' Roses, that type of music. Um, but when it comes to, I would say I would choose music going about day to day. But at nighttime, I like watching my movies. But I am like a big, based on true story, like movies and stuff. I love okay. watching stuff that happened in real life, like crime yeah. stuff. Um, I love watching like documentaries on artists and different things like that. I like seeing people's true stories. I like knowing like the actual real stuff that happens, not the yeah. made up stuff. Same. I also, when it comes to like documentaries, like you just mentioned, I just love, you know, we have these people that we see as like icons or like these Mm -hmm. major celebrities and we can often be like, oh, their life is so easy and perfect. And I Mm -hmm. love when they have the documentaries and you just see like, not for all, but like for some, like how rough things were for them or just like all the different obstacles Mm -hmm. they had to go through because then you're like, okay, like it it helps to put things into perspective and you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. they're actually like, we know they're human, but, you know, it, it shows more of the humanity to them. Yeah. Like, it sounds bad to say, but I like seeing people's struggles. And yeah. I like seeing what they actually go through. Like, I don't wish that upon them, but I do like seeing how they make it through those things. Yeah, then that's not bad at all. Because I, I feel like I'm the same. I like to see, like, the struggles they had, no matter what mm-hmm. level, and how they overcame those things. It's very mm-hmm. You can learn from it. Yeah, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, it makes, I don't know, whenever I see it, it just makes me more motivated to do literally everything. For sure. I'm like, you know, we got to start another business yeah. after this. <laughs> I'm like, right? Haley, you already have enough. three going on right now. <laughs> I feel you. Well, that is it. Um, this was so much fun. Please come back whenever you want. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Sweat the Details. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was so much fun. Thank you again to Haley Deegan for joining us and talking to us all about NASCAR, her passion for the sport, and all of the incredible things that she does to continue to improve her skill. I really loved hearing her story. Yes, Haley is super inspirational. So Tamara, what was your key takeaway from the conversation with her? Probably the biggest takeaway that I had from our conversation was just how physical NASCAR is. When she was just explaining like all of the variables that can influence a race like wind and all these other things, I was like, oh, okay, this is super strategic, but also like super physical. You have to mentally be on all the time and you can't let your mind wander. Like you have to be right there in the moment. So I was like, oh, okay, this is 
a lot more intense than I could have ever imagined. So I want to say that was probably like the biggest thing I learned and I feel like our audience will take away from this as well. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds super intense and especially the kind of mental side of it, as you know, I know that with the crashes and with the kind of, as you said, you have to be focused all the time. And I feel like maybe Mm -hmm. that fear as well, you know, the physical, you're putting yourself in in a dangerous position really. So you really can't afford to make a mistake, but I really think, yeah, the physical and the mental element together, it's like, it's the whole, the whole package. You're so right. Super, super, super intense. But with that being said, it is time for our final goal check-in. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. So unfortunately, as I was ill, I haven't been able to do, you know, my normal training at all. And my body just feels kind of weak. So I'm trying to have patience right now and just, yeah, take it easy. And gradually I'll build back up, hopefully to where I was. And then from there, build on for the marathon. But Tamara, how about you? Yeah, this entire season, I've just been talking about training for the heptathlon but my training has been really good. I was training with my coach a couple weeks ago and we finally started to do more of like skill specific things. So I was working on high jump and hurdling, which was really exciting. Also like really scary. Um, I feel like my brain was that emoji where it's like the exploding brain because there was so much new information just to like taken. But that was a cool feeling because I don't know the last time I've been like totally, totally new to something. So like kind of feeling like nervous, but excited was really fun. Awesome. So what do you need now? Like moving forward, obviously with all the different disciplines and all the things you're going to have to do to, to get to your heptathlon competition. What do you need now in terms of support from myself and from the listeners? Yeah. Um, I think just like my coach actually gave me this reminder where he was just like, you can't be afraid. Like you're new to it. You don't know how to do it, but just be fearless. Like just try it. So I think like to have that type of reminder to have that mindset going into something new would be wonderful. And for you, I know you, you know, you're mentioning that you're still recovering and just trying to like regain your health. So what can we do to support you as you're just like trying to get back? Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. That is, I've definitely felt so many things, you know, felt frustrated. I felt, you know, my body feels weak, but you know, people talk about self-compassion and just listen to your body. But when you're actually injured or actually ill, it's so challenging, but I'm trying to be patient and know that, yeah, right now, most importantly, just building up my health, the training, I think will come back, you know, but for now I'm just, yeah, focused on that. Yeah. My final thing on that. And that's exactly what I was about to say is like, recovering from like a really intense surgery, it did feel like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm ever going to walk normal again. But I will say in hindsight, like it does get better. You're going to get back to where you were before and then you're actually probably going to end up being better. So I think if you can just like remember that and just let each moment be what it's supposed to be, um, you'll be totally fine. Well, thanks, Tamara. And yeah, for any listeners as well, if you have been ill and you're on that recovery team as well, then just take it easy and reach out. Let us know on social media if you're working towards your goal, how you're progressing. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adrienne underscore LDN. And you can find me on Instagram at Tams Going Ham and on Twitter at Tamara Pridget. That's it for this season of Sweat the Details. Thank you for joining us on this ride. It has been such an exciting season with so many amazing guests. 
yes, we have learned so much and had a lot of fun in the process. Until next time, stay tuned in, stay motivated. And don't forget to sweat the details. Bye, everybody. Bye. If you liked what you heard on the show, subscribe for free or follow the show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Sweat the Details is a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Our show is hosted by me, Tamara Pridgett. And me, Adrienne Herbert. Our executive producers are Jess Schreibstein, Giselle Lewis-Archibald, and Molly Sosha. Our supervising producer is Maya Cole. Our producers are Ellen Kaplan and Kellyanne Toll. Our assistant producers are Natalia Tamayo and Bella Walco. And our sound editor and engineer is Sarah Gibble-Laska. Keep up with the latest news in women's fitness by following Under Armour Women on Instagram at Under Armour Women. 